Greetings, and thank you for checking out this sermon from Kingdom Life Community Church in Morrison, Illinois. If you'd like more information about our church, go to kingdomlife.global. And now, here is the sermon from our pastor, Steve Harmon. It is Christmas Eve, and there are a lot of traditions that um, all of y'all have that you celebrate. Um, one of our traditions as was uh, we would meet with family on Christmas Eve, and have celebrations and sometimes open gifts uh, then as well. Um, when I was younger and my grandparents were still alive, uh, my grandparents were kind of like the, the center and the focus of the family growing up. And so um, uh, we would all head over there and all of my aunts who still lived around in town and all my cousins would come. And I, I have pictures and I have memories. Uh, this is like mid-70s of... Uh, uh, pictures and, and memories of the entire family being together, and uh, for some reason or another, there would be this, this fake rubber chicken that would get <laughs> gifted every year to a certain somebody. Um, it was kind of like, I, what do we call it? White elephant? Yeah. Or what's, what's, what do you guys call it? Oh, okay. <laughs> and sometimes, and sometimes... You expose family secrets while on the pulpit every once in a while. We'll just go with white elephant then. The, the cook. okay, gotcha, yeah, all right. Oh, yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, just forget the last two minutes. We'll be good, okay. Yeah, grace, grace, <laughs> that's good. Meanwhile, back at traditions, um, and we will celebrate. Uh, we will celebrate with family. Um, my mother-in-law and my father-in-law are here with us, uh, which is very nice. Um, and as was said, it, it's great to see Chris and Lori with us today. Um, we've had a we had a lot of fun Christmas traditions uh, over at their house with staff and stuff, and just a lot of great memories. And so uh, I'm, we're just, it's good to see you here. You're, it's always welcome. Um, so uh, so over, we'd be over at my grandfather's house, or grandparents' house. Um, and as time progresses and families sometimes go off in different directions, um, we, uh, you develop your own local family traditions as well too, right? And so some of our family traditions, like I said, we'd, we'd Christmas Eve and stuff. I remember the year my brother and I got sock and boppers. And um, those of you who don't know, my brother is 11 years older than me. So in essence, he got the sock and I got the bop You know what I'm saying? So, uh, <clears throat> so it's fun times. Uh, so we can look back in our past and we can look back in our history and, and a lot of us can find some times that, it, you know, it's just good family times. But we all know that it's maybe not like that for everyone. And as we, we look in the story of Christmas and we look in uh, the Bible, we see in Isaiah, and I'll just start reading a little bit of chapter 9, I, just, just, just some meanings of, of what really this, the birth of Christ, is, is really supposed to mean. So in Isaiah chapter 9, I, I just want to read a little bit, and I, I want the, the scripture to kind of set the stage. 
Nevertheless, the gloom and distressed land will not be like that of former times when he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will bring honor to the way of the sea and to the land east of the Jordan and to the Galilee and to Galilee of the nations. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A light has dawned. And, in the, and, the, and on those living in darkness, you have enlarged the nation and increased joy. The people have rejoiced before you as they rejoice when dividing spoils. For you have shattered their oppressive yoke. And the rod on their shoulders, the staff of their oppressor, just as you did on the day of Midian. For every trampling boot of battle and the bloodied garments of war will be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And he will be named Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. The dominion will be vast and its prosperity will never end. And he will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and sustain it with justice and righteousness. For now on, forever, the zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. You see, uh, this is written at a time when things aren't really going well. Um, the nations, uh, Israel and Judah, have, have not really been following the Lord um, Israel never really did have a good king after the split, and Judah had a few good kings. It's kind of like a heart monitor, kind of up and down, but steadily heading down in that direction. And so there's a time coming where um, there's going to be judgment because of, of what they've done. And so they were taken into captivity. And so though they were taken into that captivity, what they lost was a sense of who they were and their, their own sense of them as a nation. And even when they come back during the times of Ezra and Nehemiah, they come back in, in, to the nation of Israel in, in three distinct movements. They rebuild walls and they rebuild the temple. But there's still a loss in a sense of, of really who they are. And the only thing that they can really do is go back to, to what they know and try and do it well. And if you read Nehemiah, you see Nehemiah's strengthening their walls and, and try and get them motivated to work and get a sense of, of nationalistic, of, of who you are, not just as a nation on the earth, but in, in covenant to God. And Ezra, who is the priest at that time, is trying to reestablish that as well too. And then Nehemiah leaves and it finds out that it's not, they begin to slide again. They begin to not really catch it, right? They don't really catch the vision. Ezekiel has the vision of, of the, the, the Spirit of God leaving. And when they all come back, um, we never really see the presence of God manifest itself in the temple like we did in the past. Like in Moses' time or in Solomon's time when he dedicated. We don't, we don't see that happening again. So they are a people who are living off of, of stories and off of a law but they have still not found their sense of connection with the God of the universe who had established them in the beginning. And so between uh, the Old Testament and the New Testament, um, there's this time of about 400 years, where we call this 400 years of silence, where there are no prophets that are speaking. And so Israel has learned through that time to kind of exist. They have been, they will be overrun by the Greeks, uh, but they won't be destroyed. Um, but the, the Greeks will be inhabiting their city, and there will be the taking on a lot of the, the Greek culture that comes with it, if you remember Alexander the Great. Um, and, but there will still be some, some, some Jews who will not embrace that culture. So you'll see, begin to see a, a divide there as well, too. Um, 
that begins to end, you'll see the Romans come later on down the road and, and their occupation. Actually, when Alexander the Great dies, it's his four generals that will split up the empire. And the two generals that are important are Seleucid and Ptolemy. And they're the ones that will have Egypt and Israel or Palestine of that day. And so there's this little strip of land between Egypt and the rest that those two generals war over. There's always been unrest in that, in that part of the world. And so the Jews of that time are living under that type of, of oppression and that type of, of heaviness and that type of, of trying to hold on to what they knew of the past, but not really grasping hold of, of any sense of future. And so when Jesus comes on the scene 400 and some years later, um, he's born as a child. Uh, he, he grows, and the Bible says that he grows in wisdom and stature, and he makes his way into the temple. Now, this is the presence of God because when Jesus is baptized and comes out of the water, the Spirit of God comes upon him, and John says that that Spirit begins to rest upon him and remain. So the Spirit of God that fell in Moses' time, that fell in Solomon's time, is the Spirit of God that's on Jesus, and it walks into the temple, and they didn't recognize it. I wonder how many times that God walks into our life or blows into the sails of our life and we miss it because we're so heavy burdened and laden down with the cares of life. Things that are going on that demand our attention. Life is hard. Life can be difficult and, and there is suffering in life. And you're like, Steve, I thought this was going to be a Christmas message. It is a Christmas message because what God does in the midst of the suffering of humanity is he deposits his son. And this deposit of Jesus into humanity is going to do a little bit of change now, but it's also going to redirect the future of all humanity, including you and I, which means at the end of our lives, there's no longer this well, there's no longer this end. There's just this transition. For those, right, who would receive him, he gave them the right to be called sons of God. So there's a covenant that God has made to humanity again through himself, by himself, through Christ, through his son who comes upon the earth in the form of a child, who takes on flesh. This is the God of the universe we're talking about here, who takes on flesh for one purpose and one purpose only. So he could take away the sin of mankind and that mankind could be reconciled first to the Father and then to each other. And that reconciliation is still going on today. So even though life throws curveballs, even though things can get hard, even though in us today we still live under a type of oppression. I don't know if you, you know that. We are, those in Christ are considered ambassadors into a, we are citizens of heaven, but we are ambassadors into a strange and foreign land. And wherever we go, we carry the kingdom of God with us. We get that. But we can honestly say that the kingdom of God is not fully established throughout the entire earth. And there are things that are going on that, that are not good and we don't like it. So we live in a time where it can be heavy. 
where it can be hard, yet we carry the, the reconciliation, we carry the kingdom, we carry the answers within us. And so we live in this divine tension. And some of us are crying out, we want to see the kingdom established fully right now. But God says, not yet. And some of us are thinking, is it ever going to happen? And God's answer is yes, in my timing. But until that time, we do the work of Christ, living like him, carrying his presence in us wherever we go to bring that same light to people who are walking in darkness. So that it can be said of today, those people who were walking in darkness have now seen the great light of Jesus. And that great light of Jesus manifests itself to everyone. So when we read, maybe some of your traditions will be reading, you know, the, 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 the birth story in either Matthew or, 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 or Luke, and, and, and you'll read the birth story. But what you'll notice here is this, is that he, he, he reveals himself through a sign to kings and wise men. Remember, if you read it, it said, we have seen his star, and so we're, we're, we're following that star because they know what the star means, and many people think that trails itself back all the way back to the book of Daniel. But we've seen his star, we've seen a sign, but to the shepherds, the common people, the, the lowest probably form of, of people on the earth, the people who would be oppressed by their own people. He splits the skies with, with the, the, the angels' choirs and the revelation of Gabriel. And he tells them that in Bethlehem, there is a child who is going to be born. And this child is going to, he's going to carry the government, right? Isaiah, he's going to, he's going to forgive people, he's going to reconcile people. Oppression is going to end. And the first thing that's going to be liberated is us, our, our, our spirit. And then the second thing that'll be liberated, uh, the, the second way that this will work itself out is through the manifestation of, of his coming kingdom again. When we will all be together in a new heaven and a new earth. And I love it because when we're reading uh, Isaiah or we're reading things in, in the gospel or we're reading about things that have partly happened and things that are, are still going to happen. And so there's been a partial deposit to us of the kingdom of the things that we're doing here on this earth. And the second thing is that we're going to see it in its fullness when he comes his second time. And that is the thing that gives us joy and that is the thing that gives us peace during this time is because he came as a child to walk among us. He's coming again as the king of kings and the government of the entire universe will rest upon his shoulder and every single one of us will live in peace and safety and love with one another. And that's the joy that begins at Christmas. It came as a child, but it's coming again as a king. No matter how hard it may be. You don't know what troubles I'm going through. His kingdom has no end. 
His government rests upon his shoulders. Whatever you're going through, the hope is this. He has not forgotten you. He has deposited his presence in you. And he's coming to you again and again and again. Amen. Thanks for joining with us today. And if that message touched your heart in some way, please let us know by emailing us at info.kingdomlife at aol.com. You can also find us and reach out to us on Facebook. And we hope that you will join us again for another podcast from Kingdom Life Community Church.